Welcome to a rather strange episode of the Know Your Place Bradford podcast, but in these rather strange times I hope you'll forgive me. I had wanted to do an episode to bring us together to recognise and share our experiences of the corona pandemic, the lockdown and the impact that social distancing is having on our lives. I wanted to do an interview with someone who had sensible thoughts and advice, someone to help us through with wise words and practical tips for how to cope in the situation we now find ourselves in. I wanted this to be a Bradford voice, someone with just the right balance of empathy and a hard, tough love approach. Something like, be kind to yourself, but at the same time, just toughen up and pull yourself together. It could always be worse. But instead, today, it's just me. I realised that I wanted to talk to my dad. My dad died three years ago this month. He would have had such good advice about how to manage and cope in this strange new reality but he also would have hated being so cooped up. He ran every day and took regular walks. Despite asthma and what turned out to be a weak heart, we may well have struggled to keep him inside. Apparently, I'm my father's daughter, and to some extent that's true. But unfortunately, I don't have his 30 years of experience working in mental health or his seemingly innate ability to get to the heart of a problem. People say that this is within me somewhere. I'm not so sure, but I'm going to give it a go. So what to say? My family are a strange lot. One of my uncles said the other day, we've been socially isolating for years. So maybe this isn't as much of a trial for us as it would be for more gregarious people. I've also been described as being so laid back I'm almost asleep. Usually not much stresses me out. I'm steady, horribly balanced, which might make for some good advice. Let's see. I feel like I got an early warning from Italy. Having lived there for eight years, I still have many friends in Rome who were begging me to stay inside for weeks before our own lockdown. I got daily examples of what was going to happen. It wasn't just in some distant land that couldn't affect us, and therefore maybe I could see and accepted what was going to happen somewhat earlier than other people here. When the virus was first detected in northern Italy, like many people I said, it's just a flu, thousands of people die every year from a flu. We need to know how many people are recovering. We need to get some perspective. And while perspective is still important, I was wrong about its impact. We've had to change our views and adapt our lives in such a short space of time. It's no wonder if we're struggling and showing those struggles in different ways. There may be swearing in this podcast. I do apologise, but I have my good days and my bad days. I've tried to be positive. I know that I'm lucky. I work from home anyway, I have a garden, I'm used to using technology and communicating online. Although I hate video meetings and Zoom calls with a passion, I've had to get used to them. But my best friend was not so positive. She was panicking and anxious. This is very unlike her. Whilst I was extolling the virtues of all I would achieve and trying to embrace the change, she was drowning in additional work and at the same time worried for a job. My positivity was grating. Those of you who always want to make the best of things, I think have to recognise that at times people are not going to be open to it. I was all for looking at the positives of what it might mean for the environment, with pollution levels dropping dramatically in China and Italy, that it might well lead to a reassessment of what's important. But depending on your mood and circumstances, this may well annoy you immensely. You might not want to see a light at the end of a tunnel. There might not be one for you. We're all in it together? Well, maybe but our situations are certainly very different. You might not be able to work from home. You might be a key worker risking your own health to help others. 
You might not have a large house and a garden with numerous laptops for children to do their schoolwork on. You might be separated from parents, children, partners, or your job, business or income might have suddenly vanished overnight. You might just want to hide away or run up a mountain. No amount of positivity or mindfulness is going to help if you're about to lose your home. If you're struggling to pay bills, or you've got three children in a small flat, seeing this crisis as an opportunity is going to seem insensitive to say the least. Those who were very positive initially might now be crying in a corner, sick of the Zoom meetups, the extreme baking and online crafting, perhaps are even drinking gin at 10 o'clock in the morning while the enormity of the situation sinks in. Because this is massive, nothing like any of us have ever experienced before. We deserve a lot of credit for how we are coping. Or maybe if we're not, we need to be kind to ourselves and take some time to get accustomed to this new reality. I thought I was doing well, but last week someone suggested I organise a series of Zoom meetups for Bradford with different themes and discussions. I flipped out. I felt the pressure to be positive, to contribute, to do something worthwhile and bring people together. And I didn't want to. Why should I? Why should I be the one to make the effort? What difference will it make? I compared myself to others already moving businesses and ventures online, being helpful and compassionate, and I felt inadequate. Then I thought, why should we all spring into action, whip it like, when our world has changed so dramatically and drastically in such a short space of time? I just want to watch MasterChef and eat crisps. Eventually I calmed down. I stopped feeling sorry for myself. It passed. But I suppose that's my point. It's okay to feel scared and anxious and useless. This isn't a normal situation. If you were taking this in your stride all day, every day, wouldn't there be something wrong with you? You're not working from home. You're at home during a crisis trying to work. If you're a key worker or still having to go out to work, you're under enormous pressure. Try not to judge yourself by how others are coping. There's pressure to be perfect, pressure to produce, to flip your whole business online. There may well be serious financial pressure to do so, but if possible, we need to take some time to readjust. We could come out of this having done yoga every day, perfected that downward dog, learned basic Spanish, redecorated the house, become a domestic goddess. And some of you may well do some or all of that. But for the rest, we need to let that go. Maybe there are people who will have had a perfectly organised, timetabled, activity-filled lockdown, and good for them. But don't worry about ignoring them either. Let's not compare. We all have our different ways of coping. And if you have children, you have a whole other set of worries. Before the lockdown was formally announced, I saw people's anxieties about whether to send their children to school. And then when the schools did close, many parents were worried about homeschooling, either their abilities as a teacher or how they would combine working with childcare and homeschooling. The fact is, you're not a school. You can't possibly be a teacher for seven hours a day, especially if you're working from home too. This is not homeschooling, it's an emergency situation and people are trying their best. It's not up to you to learn the entire national curriculum on a Sunday. As a former primary school teacher, I'm happy to give any help if you get stuck. But my advice is most likely to be, if you're safe and well and making sure you and the kids are not over anxious, that's good enough. Don't let what somebody else is doing make you feel inadequate. Children won't fall behind. It's an emergency situation that will be managed when all this is over. Advice from a very sensible head teacher that I saw recently was that what children need right now is to feel comfort and loved, not much else matters. 
like the rest of us, they need to feel like it's going to be okay. Playing in the garden or the park, a bit of exercise, drawing or painting pictures, watching films, spending time together. Let's cut ourselves some slack. That we have accepted these restrictions is nothing short of miraculous and it's unsurprising that a small number of people haven't. Our reactions are going to depend on our circumstances and mood and therefore they're going to be different. There are going to be good days and bad days, ups and downs. Days when you want to do nothing at all, least of all start an online course on the history of the Roman Empire. I think we have to allow ourselves to be okay with things not being okay. Don't put yourself under pressure to be relentlessly positive or productive. Take one day at a time. If today is a bad day, chalk it off. Tomorrow will be different. Try to focus on what you can control rather than what you can't. We all have different ways of coping and some are more effective and productive than others. For example, you can control how you behave and if you follow social distancing rules, but you can't control if others do. Let's not turn on each other, monitoring neighbours' shopping trips or visits to the park. Would that we were all so perfect. How many of the people now bitterly complaining were the ones who went for that last pint the weekend before the formal lockdown was announced and now aggressively denounce anyone else for transgressing the new rules? It's natural and an understandable reaction to get cross with people who aren't following the rules, but people constantly posting about how shit everyone else is does nothing to help our peace of mind. Even if people are ignoring the rules, you and a hundred others complaining about it on a Facebook support group is not going to stop them. It's just making everyone else anxious and breeds the idea that we're overrun with bastards who can't be trusted. You may have seen on the news that 3,000 people were in a London park last weekend, but normally there are 10,000 people. Most people were abiding by the rules. Those that were sunbathing, maybe they don't have a garden. We need to remember that most people are doing their best, often in very difficult circumstances. Another news item suggested that even the stockpiling wasn't really as venal as it seemed, that only 6% of shoppers were stockpiling. The rest of us were just buying an extra packet or tin, and that if we all did that, of course that would have an enormous effect on the supply chain. So maybe we're not as selfish as we might have been led to believe by those viral Facebook posts. I definitely recommend limiting your news intake to once or twice a day and making sure it's from a reliable news source rather than something Gary said on the Wibsy Facebook group. Unfortunately, some of the support groups on Facebook have instead become pages to complain about your neighbours and only add to people's anxiousness. Quite honestly, I wish the morning Garys of this world would just fuck the fuck off. On my bad days. Deep breath. <laughs> and then I remember that we have different ways of coping. That people's aggression and perceived selfishness is just their way of trying to cope. To be able to control their bit of the world or to let off steam if they think that might make them feel better. We can go one way or the other with this. We're either all in it together and we're going to rediscover the community spirit, trust and togetherness that people feel has been missing. Or instead we're going to jump on the Facebook bandwagon of criticising our neighbours and become a nation of curtain twitchers, more interested in monitoring how many times the man next door has gone on a walk rather than calling on the elderly neighbour to make sure she's okay. But then, I want to remember the NHS workers, the delivery drivers, the shop assistants, the people working in care homes, the bin men and all the others who are showing us what real community spirit is. For all the people who are not following the rules, there are thousands of others who are working to save lives, volunteering to help their neighbours, making sure that people have enough to eat. You can't control other people's habits, shopping, motives or how long this will last. 
but you can control how you respond and what you choose to focus on, at least on your good days. So, should you be trying to make the most of your time in captivity? What is going to help us get through? Certainly trying to get some fresh air and exercise is going to help. I'm grateful for Lisa and Amanda for putting their Pilates classes online. I know some of you are grateful to Joe Wicks as the nation's PE teacher. And I know that some of you will be wanting to throw a brick through your telly at his cheery, cheeky chappiness. Having a routine may help some of you to feel you still have some control over your day. But don't beat yourself up about it if it doesn't go according to plan. Because who can plan? If you didn't follow the routine, maybe something positive happened as a result. I put together a list of events, classes and activities going on across Bradford on my website. There'll be a link at the end. I'm grateful to all those people who are providing their time, activities and some light relief. But also, give yourself a break if you can't be asked to do anything. Stay in contact with people and don't feel you have to put on a brave face. There are going to be good days and bad days and a lot of just meh days. Writing off one day is a bit shit unproductive, sad or boring is allowed. The next day will be better. I do have hopes for the future, but maybe today is not the day to share them. Maybe today it's just enough to be. Whatever we've done today is good enough. Enormous thanks to the key workers who are risking so much to keep us all going. Let's clap them tonight and then demand that they are protected, rewarded and supported in the future and definitely not taken for granted again. Stay in, stay safe, eat the crisps and Easter eggs and try to have a lovely Easter weekend. Lots of love, Catherine. I've written up a list of online events, classes and activities happening within the Bradford district on the You Can Take the Girl Out of Bradford website. There are discos, meetups, dance classes, tours and even an online pub. I'll keep this list updated and regularly post new events on the You Can Take the Girl Out of Bradford Facebook and Twitter pages, so please give them a follow. If you hear of anything new, please do let me know.